from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. Washington State reaches a nearly $150 million settlement with Johnson & Johnson, J&J, over Band-Aids. Whoops, opiates. Sorry, <laughs> misread that headline. And there's actually a congressman kind of flying under the radar from Washington State, but he's taken the fentanyl issue right to D.C., I think the man deserves a little bit more credit because he's actually saying, here's what's going on in the district that I represent. Before we get to all of that, though, the big national news of the day is the fact that Governor Greg Abbott has decided to defy the Biden administration's authority when it comes to the border. Now, the way that they're doing this is actually pretty interesting, legally speaking, being that he's saying this, I'm going to distill their legal argument down to basically as, as small as I possibly can. Okay. It's a much more complicated than this, but I'm just going to distill it down as much as I possibly can. Basically, he's saying the Supreme Court told us that we had to follow Biden, what Biden wants to do with the the border. Okay. But they didn't say that we had to take down anything. So until somebody tells us that we have to take stuff down, we're not taking anything down. It's basically what they're doing. So they've erected new chain wire, new uh, razor, razor wire, wire yeah, yeah. new barricades that now prevents Border Patrol officers from getting to the places that they would go to intercept migrants who are coming across the river or the border or wherever it is. Yeah. yeah. Right. That, that That's laid bare. Pretty so smooth. I, this a, a little bit more complicated than that, but that's as simple as I can put it for people. Basically, he's saying, well, they didn't say I couldn't do it. All they said was that I had to follow. Right. So there's mm-hmm. this really interesting position that he's in. Uh, just a fun story about the kind of person that Greg Abbott is. I always found this story to be really fascinating about the guy. Did you know? That he used to be a runner before his tragic accident. I, I did not. I, I never knew how he ended up. In it's a actually a really beautiful story. So he's actually he was a runner and he's he's running in college and he's going on a morning run after a, a big storm and a freak of nature accident happens where a, an arborist company had not cleared oak trees that they were supposed to clear that were thought to fall next time there was a storm. Okay. Right? Okay. And so as he's running. Just out of nowhere, one in a million shot, the entire tree falls on him, paralyzes him from the waist down. Yeah. So he sued, right? And he got $9.9 million from the company that was supposed to remove those trees. And he took that $9.9 million, and this is where it gets really sweet, and he put himself through legal school, right? And he provided for his family because the guy was, you know, he's disabled, right? Right. He's he's going to be permanently permanently disabled. So then he gets his law degree and he works his way up through law. And then eventually he becomes the AG in the state of Texas where he helped draft legislation. So beautiful. I might almost start crying where if you get injured due to somebody else's negligence, it's capped at (laughs) $250,000. So even though he benefited directly from being able to sue because he was critically injured for the rest of his life. If that same thing happens to you today in Texas, the maximum that you can be allotted is $250,000. I'm crying too now. Because Greg Abbott hates people. He despises them because why else would you do that? Why else would I don't understand why else they call that pulling the ladder up behind you? Right, right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly oh, what it is. I had no, I had no idea. The yeah. first off, it's a tragic accident. Tragic accident. Luckily, it- he was able to find the means to to not just 
continue his life, but to alter his life for the better, make, to make lemonade. Right, and literally ruin potentially tens of thousands of other people's lives when they are horrifically injured through negligence by only giving them $250,000. Well, that's because the insurance industry helped him come governor. There you go. That's ah, right. See the, now I've pulled back the curtain. So uh, a bunch of governors have thrown their support behind Greg Abbott. I don't necessarily really care what Greg Abbott does. I don't really necessarily care what Joe Biden does in this instance. I was thinking about it all morning, and I was trying to think, how can I contextualize what where what aspect of this can I find about something that I actually care about this story? Okay. Because okay. really, to me, to fill in the blanks for people, this is political posturing. It's a lot of political yeah, theater. Yeah. 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 In political theory, what we would call this, if you want to do a quick political theory lesson, political theory. I wasted my time getting a degree in political theory to bring it to you. Nice. The spectacle is a concept within political theory in which there is a conflict that exists between two parties of governance, Mm -hmm. but it's not really a conflict because it will eventually be resolved. But they both play it up because it's good for fundraising and it's good for stumping. The spectacle. Got it. Everybody engages in it. Everybody does it all the time, and it's really quite very silly. What interests me about this more so than anything else is how many people on the internet are now oh man greg abbott we got your back bro locked and loaded i got my ar-15 i saw this guy on twitter random guy on twitter he says governor abbott if you call me back to the national reserves i'll be there for you sir texas forever basically you've got a 5x uniform for me sir (laughs) don't you governor abbott sorry i'm looking at this guy who's about spike's age who's about spike's build and 5x i'm not making this and he is talking about getting his civilian issued ar-15 and rejoining the national reserve this is embarrassing i'm looking at people who are talking about civil uh civil separation texas seceding from the union this is embarrassing this is all spectacle this is not only is it very sad that we've gotten to this point but it's also hilarious if you think about it wherein there has now been three or four different bills that have been produced, mm-hmm. written up. I think it's HR two is the one that was sent to Joe Biden. That now the GOP is saying we want no part of it, right? Right. I mean, this is getting. Oh no, excuse me. That Biden says he doesn't want any part about it because it doesn't have any funding in it for whatever he needs in Ukraine. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Point being, this is all spectacle, and the saddest part about it is that it's going to get resolved and that it's going to go away. But there's a lot of people out there that like to play pretend. Like they're eight years old and we get to talk about civil war and we get to talk about states' rights and we get to feel really fired up about politics. Yeah, Greg Abbott, you go get that evil Joe Biden when in actuality this is going to be resolved. I'm going to ballpark it two weeks, tops. And then all the civil war, all the, sir, I'll be there for you when we have a all going to so? go away? So. Oh, yeah, it's going to go away real well, I hope, fast. I hope you're right. My fear is the exact opposite. My fear, because now, was it 18, 19 GOP governors have got in line behind they all Greg take, Abbott? They all take federal funding. They, Every I, single one of them. They, Gladly they, they take federal funding. They all, as a matter of fact... Take credit for the infrastructure bill. Oh, yeah, they're at every, they're at every ribbon cutting. They're all there. Yep, they, they're they're is, campaigning on it. That's what I'm saying is yeah. the spectacle, my friend. No, Greg I hear, Abbott I is going to need federal funding at some point in time, and quite frankly, he's going to go right to JB to get it. I know it. Most people know it. But the spectacle, ooh, come and take it. So uh, 
Ted Cruz was talking to Fox News about this particular issue because we all know if we need like a very thoughtful legal take on the issue, constitutional constitutional scholar, scholar, it's my main man, Ted Cruz, a man after my own heart right here with his Civil War mutton chops ready to go at a moment's notice. This guy's just waiting to be Stonewall Jackson. Here's what he had to say about his thoughts on the Biden administration's failures. The agents asked them, where do you want to go? And they respond, I want to be in New York, I want to be in Boston, I want to be in Chicago, I want to be in Dallas. And what happens? Joe Biden and his administration puts them on planes, puts them on buses, sends them to every city in America. And and without exaggeration, Joe Biden is the largest human trafficker on the face of the planet because he is the final mile of the human trafficking network. Yeah, boy, howdy, right? I'll tell you this, eventually Ted Cruz is going to want some. And he's going to be changing his tune and he's going to start whistling Dixie. This is the dirty part about politics that nobody talks about. He's saying this while he's in the back rooms cutting deals with people. Yeah. This and, is all and, and mailing out mailing out campaign fundraisers. Um, yeah, the, exactly, on, exactly. Why, why won't they call it a crisis? Exactly. Why won't they? It's uh, a crisis. I will say this, though, Spike. A lot of this is a self-made crisis from Joe Biden. He made a terrible mistake when he started handing out free visas. He made a terrible mistake when he said... Oh, yeah, I can process three million asylum claims. This is not the way to do it. This is a self-invited crisis that he manufactured for himself, believing that the systems were in place in order to facilitate this number of people. And they simply are not there. I'm not I'm not going to argue with you on that. You're right. It is. But let me ask you this. How do you solve a problem like the hold in Mexico policy? That was in place under the Trump administration yeah. that had these um, asylum seekers for the most part. I'll mm. give you I'll give you that there are ne'er do wells. I'll give you that there are probably even potential terrorists that are coming in under the guise of asylum seekers. I'll, mm. I'll give you that. But you've got all these families squandered at the Mexican border on their side sure. that are being subjected to horrific acts of crime and violence sure. from the drug cartels. Yeah. So how do you how do you deal with it other than ending the hold in Mexico policy, which Biden did in the first couple of days? Right, and, and so, so this influx of people that have been stalled at the border under under Trump, I, it's a hum, that's a humanitarian crisis I, as well. What do you do? I totally agree with you. I think one of the, the biggest mistake that he made was when he announced the five hundred thousand visas oh, for the Venezuela. Abs- absolutely, he rang the rang the bell in Venezuela when he said that, and then the conditions on that. There's a lot of people who don't know you didn't have to prove Venezuelan citizenship. You just no. had to say I'm from Venezuela, and they would say, okay, well we'll check it when your asylum hearing comes up. On, and on so, top of that, the president of Venezuela has this policy where he. He's flying in people from around the globe right. to Venezuela's airport to send them north right. as, as retaliation against the Biden administration for cutting off funding to Venezuela. So this is like the seedy, gross part of politics. And, and what I see all too often is people engaging, like I said previously, in like eight-year-old make-believe where they're talking about civil war and they're talking about all this stuff. And I always just think to myself, does that 50-year-old duck dynasty reject realize that, you know, war is not like fun. It's not. It's not like... You know, it's not an interesting, fun thing to have. Uh, you're you're talking about killing you're killing American citizens because you're upset about the border crisis. It's not very it's not not very uh, Twitter worthy with a big smile on your face as you're holding your your Stanley Cup and your AR-15 talking about how your your igloo and your what are you, your Yeti whatever cooler faction yeah, you, you're a member of right. Oh, uh, but even more so, these people are can't wait to get to the border and start shooting shooting those illegals that's coming a bit over. Much. No, that's Sh- a bit much. I you're, mean, Jesse am Kelly. I wrong? No, Jesse Kelly said that he was a, he tweeted this. Uh, Jesse Kelly's a radio host and he tweeted out. He said, "You guys don't want me in control of the border because I'd be turning families away at gunpoint." 
So I, there, are, there are some people, yes, that hold that opinion. Well, isn't that inspiring the people who do hold that opinion to come and come and join us? Ew. Bring your weapons. Uh, it may happen, but we'll see how it goes. My I, bad. I just is, worry about that kind of stuff. I, I worry These about are it human as well. beings. You talk about the political. Um, spectacle. Yeah. These are human beings involved that we're putting on the board. Well, that's the saddest part about it, I think, is that, you know, the, 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 the human element of it, which is foregone by both members of the GOP and members of the Democratic Party in order to rally up the base on either side. Like, I, I blame all parties involved going all the way back to Janet Reno, which is really, if you want to talk about immigration, we have to go all the way back to Janet Reno when she said you cannot house children in the same facilities that you house adults in because that violates the international code when it comes to uh, people who are emigrating. Yeah, to and it was an intention based on safety and well-being. Right. Speaking of intentions, by the way, Washington has reached a nearly $150 million settlement with J&J over the opioid crisis. Now, uh, J&J... Produced a number of different opiates, uh, they, you know, like the generic brand of Vicodin. Right. A couple the of different, oxys, different variants. Well, yeah. well uh, yeah. I mean, so basically what happens, drug companies hold the patent on a drug for a year and then that rolls over and they have to change the formulary ever so slightly for the generic. Patent? No, oh. for the generic. Oh, okay. Okay. So, uh, but they get to maintain the brand name, but then everybody has access to the formulary. Okay. So... When you look at this, you know, you've got 2,048 deaths recorded in 2022, uh, according to the Washington State Department of Health. It's bad. I'm sure they're going to put this money back into drug rehabilitation services. I'm sure Ferguson is very happy about this. You hate my take on this, but I always give the same take on this. You and Laura both hate my take on this so much. But you're consistent. I'm so consistent about it. Laura's ready to get mad at me. Spike's ready to get mad at me. I uh, know. I just weep. I don't get this mad This is anymore. a huge waste of time. He's not mad. He's just disappointed. I'm not mad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just disappointed. Oh, that's such a dad moment I missed. Oh, Laura. I'm raising <laughs> no, you. I was, I was right I'm there I'm raising with it. you well, though. <laughs> so. This one doesn't disappoint My me. take on this is as follows for people. Again, I was a drug addict for about 10 years. I was heavily addicted to heroin and cocaine. And so I understand that I lived the opiate crisis, right? I was there. I saw many friends die from it. And this is my take on the entire issue. J&J, the Sackler family, whoever it was, they made a product for Americans. And a lot of Americans wanted that product because a lot of Americans deal with trauma. They deal with neglect. They deal with poverty. They deal whatever it was, right? And so a lot of Americans turned to those drugs because that's the product that they wanted. A lot of Americans got addicted to those drugs. To say that that is somehow wrong in some way, shape, or form we would then have to throw in McDonald's with that group of people, Coca-Cola, you name it, mm-hmm. in terms of things that impact society at a scale that is that large. To me, it is a fr- it's a frivolous lawsuit. J&J settles because it's less than a slap on the wrist. It's like a, <clears throat> it's like a butterfly just yeah. grazing yeah. the top of your hand, and you go, oh, what a beautiful butterfly. It's not even really a... A punishment in any way, shape, or form. They know that. Ferguson knows that. He just wanted to shake him down for $150 million. Uh, uh, You're you're right, Laura. I'm just disappointed in you, son. I'm just saying. (laughs) No, so here's the only difference between those two things, I think. And you've got a lot lot of validity in your point, okay? Thank you. But they, to to quote Bob Ferguson, they knew what they did, what there was harm. They knew there was harm there and they did it anyway. Uh, Right. When, when, When companies purposefully mislead, Doctors, not just not just the, Does the population. Does McDonald's not do that? 
does Coca-Cola not do that? Everybody knows that refined sugars is really, really bad for you. Everybody knows that corn syrup is really, really bad for you. But they're you. not telling people it would make you skinny. Uh, did, did they they're not? not? Did no, they not? They kind of did the McLean you, was out there for a while. You got the McSalad really out there. You've got healthy <laughs> options. They've got that. They've got the the lean menu or whatever it was called with the yeah. The, the yeah, and then we forced them to put the calories next to those salads, and then you realized how many calories were actually right. in that salad dressing. You read, and then you're like, maybe I'll just get the burger instead. When, 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 when I hate myself, when I'll you get, yeah. pick up a prescription, when you get a new prescription, it comes with a sheet of paper that tells you all about what that drug it, does. It, it really does. Right. It really does. Yeah. So yeah. when people People say this thing about when we offload the responsibility onto drug corporations that should be on addicts, mm-hmm. I, I don't like it. I find it the responsibility. I consumed the product. It was my decision to consume the product. I knew full well that I was addicted to these products. I did everything I could to get them. That's on me. Yeah, but when you're told something doesn't have an addictive comp- uh, component to it. Sure. And, and and they know full well that it does. Same thing the cigarette industry was 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 hit by, right? The cigarette industry knew how addictive that product was, and they lied about they, its addictive quality to the public. They said less addictive in all the literature. It is less habit-forming and addictive, right? And so this is what – because I've seen the the Sackler footage of that the promos that they would right, send right, out to yeah. the guys and girls who were selling drugs, who mm-hmm. were the pharmacy reps. Right. And it said – and the best part about OxyContin is it's less habit-forming and less addictive than other opiates. Which was misleading, right? They misleading in the same way that when somebody says, hey, a McFish is a little healthier for you than a Big Mac, we all know that the equivalency, the equivalency there is, right? It's it's on a scale yeah, here yeah. of damage. Yeah, I, I, no, you're, you're making good points. And so I'm not, I listen, do, am I trying to be a shill for these companies? No. It kind of sounds like no, it. What I'm saying is that. Not, it, not a paid endorser if for you, Big Pharma. If people believe in this kind of voluntary transaction and people believe that hey, I'm a consumer, I can get what I want, whatever it is, that's on you. If you're eating McDonald's five or six times a week and you get diabetes, that's on you at that point in time because all the literature is out there when it comes to opiate addiction, what makes people fat, what makes people unhealthy. It's all available yeah, out it's, there. Well, it's, it's a different thing when you make the choice where to eat than having your doctor tell you what you need to recover from a surgery or whatever it may be. Some people need an Oxycontin to recover from a surgery. Right? And they were told that it was less habit for less you know, addicting than other brands, which was false. I mean, there's some there's some. Liability here for these. Otherwise, they wouldn't settle for a half a million for the big three and another one twenty-five from this guy. And not to gang up on you, but you can gang up on me. I'm right about it, so it doesn't raise my. He's got a really strong position. Gang up (laughs) if you want. I think that you are in a much more vulnerable position when you are coming out of surgery or an injury and you are in pain, and a doctor is telling you, "Here's an option that is less addictive, not not addictive, but less addictive." Are you in a position to make a a really good decision? Read a lot of literature. Not necessarily right. And like no you're in a more vulnerable. No you have doctor. to admit that you're okay. in a more vulnerable now, position. Now we have to get into habit forming in terms of how long. Oh look, we're out of time. Oh no. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Maybe Spike buddy. and I get the last word. I know. All right. <laughs> well, t- well, I know. I'm never. Sure, sure <laughs> we'll I'll, never get the last I'm word. I'm sure I'll be able to give my spiel on that some point in time in the future. By the way, the representative who's trying to get some more accountability from DC on this. This is. Uh, oh man, pop up ads are going to be the the death of me. It's Representative Rick Larson. Uh, Larson. Yeah, he's going out there and he's talking about what's going on in in his district, and he's trying to tell people like, "Hey, these are the numbers where I live. You got to help me with this. I want to give man, the man credit where credit Absolutely. is due." Absolutely. You mentioned the 2,048 deaths in 2022. We yeah, are the, yeah, yeah. We're the most 
The fastest rising state for opioid addiction overdoses in America. Washington was the worst. Trends are based. There is this new trend that's going around. Would you dump somebody if they were doing this particular activity? Many people are saying yes. And I think that this speaks to the decline of Western civilization. We'll talk about it when we get back right after this. I weep at every Disney movie. Or based. Um, nom, 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 nom. I gotta wreck this for everybody. <laughs> That's my favorite one. <laughs> oh man, Cringer Base, a fun game we like to play every day. A little bit early today, 133. That's because Aaron Granillo did such a great job with the news. I learn every time he Two sits minutes down. on the dot. Before Amazing. we get into this story, Spike, did I ever tell you the story of my divorce? Did I ever tell you how I got divorced? Well, not, uh, You told me that you were. The circumstances leading uh-huh. up to it. Uh-huh. Well, I decided, you know, me and the missus had been together for many, many years. And I decided that I was going to, we we're going to test our love together. Gonna, I'm going to get a note about how much I'm using this happy piano music today. Uh, <laughs> so I said, I said, I'm going to test my bride's love and devotion okay. for me. So I'm sitting in the living room. And I said, my love, I turned to my dearest. I said, my dearest, will you go to the kitchen and retrieve for me an orange? Now, the test was to see if she peeled it for me. She walked over. She failed this test. So she hands me an orange that has not been peeled. And she looked at me and she said, what? And I looked at her right in the eyes. And I said, get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Pack your stuff. Pack your stuff. <laughs> You're done. We're, we're through. We're through. <laughs> You're done. And then she said, what? And then I said, here's my divorce papers. I already had a post-nuptial agreement <laughs> written up, so you don't owe me anything. So there's this trend that's going around <laughs> about the orange peel theory, which is basically a take on the test from A Bronx Tale, which is one of the best movies ever made, in which, do you remember the scene where Carmine says to, to, to what's, see? see, he says, uh, you want to test if a girl really likes you. Yeah. She leans over in the car. Right. She pops the lock. Lock, lock your door. So when you, yeah. when you open the door for her, right. when you let her in, you look in to see if she unlocks the door right. for you. And right. that's how you know. So yeah. basically this test is, is that you, if you, it's a bunch of ladies basically out there trying to cook up reasons to break up with their boyfriends. They ask their boyfriend to go to the kitchen and get them an orange. If he peels it, that means that he loves them. If he does not, that means that he is not worth it. Now, Laura did this, and uh, Fernando passed with flying colors. Not only Does did- it count if I was driving when I asked? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, well way, to, way to rig the results. He That's actually, smart. Not only did he peel it, uh-huh. he also peeled it while playing classical Spanish guitar. That, that finger-picking while technique of also, his, you know, While hammering. also, get this, entire fruit salad... And a side of barbecued pork. Is really- <laughs> in the fr- Thank God for bench seats. Thanks God think? for just bench seats. <laughs> and then as he passed it to Laura, he said, para mi, no, para you, because he's from Spain. <laughs> And certainly not from the Pacific Northwest. You got a lovely blush, right? You really Isn't that lovely. So, uh, but this test is stupid, and I think that people who test their partners is this is not the way that you operate in a relationship. If you want an orange peeled. You ask for it from your partner. That was right? that was my question. Do you have to? Do you just assume that it should come peeled? There's there's levels to this. So you you can ask for the orange, and if it comes peeled, that's like the oh the God ultimate sign, the ultimate show of love and devotion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Those were angels, by the way. If you're playing along at home, then you then you can ask, "Will you peel the orange for me?" Mm-hmm. And 
and then they say yes, and then they pass. Okay, that's also a passing and grade. And then there's the guys that you say, hey, can you peel the orange for me? And they say no. Why? Are, your thumbs, do it are your thumbs broken? Yeah. God, run from this you, dwarf. Strong, independent female can't peel an orange for yourself. That is really bad. A friend yeah. of mine is actually, her boyfriend is, she's been calling me because her boyfriend is getting into the whole red pill misogyny community. Oh. And so he's now asking her to engage in more, quote unquote, wifely activities with him. But wifely activities mean I'm bringing my laundry over to your apartment so you do my laundry. Oh, okay. Wifely activities mean you come over to my apartment and clean my apartment. And I keep trying to tell her, like, you know, there's a difference between being boyfriend, girlfriend, and uh, what's the what's the term that we used to use? Slavery. Right. We don't really <laughs> like that anymore. So I've been trying to encourage her to set healthier boundaries. Yeah, yeah, please do. Because that, to me, is bizarre. But what's interesting to me is that people will continue to engage in abusive behavior with a partner. Like, I, I see people all the time putting up with stuff that I would never put up with in a million years. Okay. I saw a meltdown in front of my apartment complex the other day couple in front of them, they, they're walking their dogs, and mm-hmm. they got a little dog, and they got a big dog. Little dog runs under the big dog, and the leashes get crossed. Okay. Girlfriend blows up. You always do this. You're not paying attention. You're always on your phone. And I'm thinking, my bro, my dude, I wanted to pull him aside. I wanted to be like, listen, my friend, you got to get out of here. Ripcord right now. Yeah. Right? Eject- Play the pulled- sad music one more time. <laughs> <laughs> you should have pulled him into your apartment and yelled sanctuary. I was, and life, couldn't come in and get him. Life doesn't have to be like this, I, dude. My, my dude, my bro. Remember what Bernie said? It doesn't have to be this way, bro. Remember? He said that. Sanders, you remember? It doesn't have to be. This is what I want to say to the guy. But he was so defeated by this oppressive lady in his life that he was just like, oh, I guess. Yeah, I guess. And I was like, have some self-respect. I say this to both men and women. If you're, if someone does that, you know what I mean? If someone has that weird, overreactive response to your behavior, is that, are you being parented or are you in a relationship? It's a control, right? It's a control right, f- yeah. feature. Right. It's like, just begging to control your life well, in every, every single aspect. I noticed, you know, the interesting thing about the way that you and Mrs. O'Neill discourse is that like the, you guys discourse as if a married couple for 30 years who love each other very much, right? We, we took our cues from, you know, Jackie Gleason. It's and very his wife on the honeymoons, right? <laughs> it's very and, much and, so and like Alice. that. We took from Ricky and Lucy. We barb at each other. Yeah. On equal footing. And it's funny. Well, and I it's, appreciate that. And, it's all based in love, but there's yeah. all humor is based in truth and love. Right. And it's what's so good about it is that when Spike is going back and forth with the truly unpleasant Mrs. O'Neill. All while peeling an orange. All while peeling an orange. Right. <laughs> right? There's this sense of, of love there that it's not pointed. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not, not, it's, mean. It's not. It's not mean spirited. And I feel all too often tests like this where you ask your partner to peel an orange before they bring it to you. So there's something kind of devious about that, right, Laura? Yeah? I don't I think I think tests like this can reveal something about a relationship, especially like a young relationship, an early relationship. Uh in kind of a clear-cut way, uh, in in a way that can help a girl get out of a situation yeah. that's mm, not super that, that's, right. that's a good point. I was going to say, it's, it's, there's a lot said about someone who won't do a little thing for you without being asked. And that's yeah. what this, this is just one of the... That's tri- going mega viral is almost exactly what you said, Jack, where she was like, I, I did your laundry for you today. He, she, he just immediately says, no, peel it yourself. Like, I'm not doing Whoa. that for you, dude. I have the audio if you yeah, want to hear it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're not going to peel it for me? Dude, okay, as if I don't do enough. Seriously? Yeah, I'm being for real. Wow. Okay. You can't.
peel this orange for me. Dude, I ask you to do things all the I time. I do everything. Like, I just did your fucking laundry. No. And you can't peel this for me? Dude, come on, man. Seriously? No. Like, I've, he sounds I've like wasted a... three times as much time arguing about this than it would take me to peel this orange. Yeah. And he goes on. I mean, he like. He's he's like you're not even that special. Whoa. She goes, a good boyfriend would would just like do this as an act of service. He goes, a great boyfriend would build you up by by helping you learn that you can do it yourself. Based. She's like, I know how I know how to peel an orange. <laughs> I would say you notice the way they're talking to each other. They're talking to each other like they're adversarial parents, right? Like oh, yeah. they're not yeah. speaking yeah. to each other. Like they're, they're speaking at each other. They're speaking not to each at other. each other, mm. and in many ways past each other. Yes. Right? Like, yes. come on, for real. Also, that guy sounds like, if I was hanging out with that guy, I'd be like, hey, you know what, guy? You know, consonants and, and fully formed words <laughs> are valuable. Did you hear how many times you're like, uh, oh, uh, yeah. oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, what is up going on with Zoomers where they don't want to speak? What is this? They just grunt at each other. Well, they don't write in full words. Why should they bother to speak in full words? Right, exactly. Uh, so coming up next, we shall be doing No Stupid Questions, 888-973-5476. Hey, you guys didn't talk about this story today. That's a good question. Hey, what do you guys think about this policy? That's another very good question. All of those can be asked at 888-973-5476. That's the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. There are no stupid questions. There are only stupid answers. That's right. No stupid questions. 888-973-5476 is where you can send us a question. Certainly not a stupid one. Uh, someone asked, who was a better guitar player, Jimmy or Stevie Ray? If you're Music 101, you're going to say Jimmy. If you're into deep cuts, you go Stevie Ray. Uh, who is better? A better physical, technical guitar player. Stevie Ray is a technically better. Much better. Much better. Much better than Jimmy. But also Jimmy... I th- Defined a genre? Can it, I say yeah, that? Yeah, so Jimmy was kind of like... He kind of started that method of the way you approach the instrument, and then Stevie Ray took it, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants, he took it much further than I think that Jimmy did. And and also, Jimmy's body work is very small compared to uh, Stevie Ray's. So I think that's Mm, another thing to... Stevie Ray has more live records. He's got more studio records. I mean, it's just kind of... There's more samples of his work for us to analyze. But in my opinion, as someone who's been following guitar... Really, I I think that guys like Gilmore get really underrated. Mm. Uh, My favorite... Like, Jay Maskus from Dinosaur Jr. is like one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Not a whole lot of... A lot of guys that I like, the way that they approach the instrument, they're not really in the discussion. Most people go... Van Eddie Van Halen. Most people will say that's the greatest guitar player of all time. Well, Eddie governs both uh, the way he pioneered a genre and the technical skills he possessed. Right. He yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. dips into both pools. It's kind of hard though, because like if you compare different guys, like if you compare Randy Rhodes, let us just say to Eddie Van Halen, Randy Rhodes, not a whole lot of work there for us to analyze compared right. to Eddie right. Van Halen. But brilliant nonetheless. So uh, somebody says Mike in the three six zero. Oh, this is hashtag on all mics, or is this a different mic? No, wait, so this is the mic. Okay. This is our guy. Any Hi, other mic is hashtag not Oh, all mics. I see. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. Says, how, how come you never ever do a positive story on a Republican? 
probably because most of the stuff, all the Republicans that I like are never in the news because they're always writing policy or working right. on That's policy. Not, yeah, no, I hear you. That's so fair. I don't know how I can do a positive story on Ken Paxton humiliating that poor woman in Texas who needed to get an abortion. I don't, you know, how do I, you know, how do I do a positive spin on that? How do I do a positive spin on, on, on any, well, you know what I mean? It's kind of tough. Like, what do you want me to say about, should I, oh yeah, uh, I got one for you. Governor of, uh, was it Iowa, Mike DeWine? He, when he tried to prevent uh, that law that was going to prevent trans kids from getting uh, gender affirming care and he was going to let them play in this. That was great. That was wonderful. And then the GOP held. Overrid his veto. Overrid overrid his veto. So, I mean, I happen to think that we live in a free country where people can seek the medical care that they feel that they deserve. So, I mean, what do you, what do you, what, what pot, this is something that people always do to me. They go, how come you never, ever do a positive story? Who, what, who, who amongst are not election deniers or asking me to shill for a neoliberal like Donald Trump? Who amongst? Who amongst? Somebody please tell me. Well, Mike, send us a positive thing a Republican did, and that's why we didn't yeah, cover this. Send me a positive thing that right. is actually like not, doesn't actually make them look bad. I'm and sure that, they're out there. I, they might be. I mean, I would have loved to talk about how great Mike DeWine was in protecting our individual liberties and freedoms. I would have said the same thing about Asa Hutchinson, but he also got overridden by his uh, the state Congress on a very similar bill. So I'm not so sure... Like, you want me to talk about how great book bannings are? I'm not really sure. Like, what, what, in what world do I do a positive story about a party that's not even really the GOP at this point in time? They're kind of just part of the neoliberal machine. Like, you know what I mean? I like, hear, do, you want me to talk? Oh, yeah, fighting the woke left because they're so super powerful and everything. It's like, I, I feel as if I do a pretty fair balance of making fun of leftists and making fun of the GOP on you the try. show. You try. <laughs> I try. Hard. I try. You try. Uh, it says, uh, if states have the right to join the union, why do they not have the right to secede from the union? Because the union is ours. It's not theirs. Does that make sense? As, as, as basic as I can put it in political theory terms, the union belongs to all of us. And so the argument that you're actually making when you say, shouldn't they be able to secede? No, there was a group of black separatists in the sixties that wanted to move up to the Pacific Northwest And they wanted to take Washington state and have it be a black only state. And a lot of uh, white supremacists in Georgia and Alabama and in Florida and Oregon uh, and Oregon happened to agree with them. Do they have the right to do that? No, because it belongs to everybody. And I'm pretty the only reason that people frame this is when people want to secede for reasons that they like. Do you understand what I'm saying? If people wanted to secede for reasons that they don't like, all of a sudden it becomes a, oh, no, 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 that belongs to... This is the thing. America is for Americans. When you try to leave, you don't get to take it with you. If you want to leave America, yeah, go for it. If Greg Abbott wants to buy an island somewhere in the Bahamas and call it Texas 2.0 and I ruin that island, fine, go for it. I don't really care. But should like, just take all the people who believe the way he does and move to Mexico, conquer them, call it Texaco, and then fight it out with the oil company right. got the name right. I know. Have a good time with it. But, like, you don't get to have it just because uh, – uh, okay. Let me, Remember all the see all the fun questions we skipped over going to that I'll, one. I'll do it. I'll do it. Nuno Benincourt is a very good guitar Thank player, you. by the <laughs> way. Uh, when Trump did the the six month Muslim ban, do you remember this? Tried, this yeah, when he yeah, tried yeah, to yeah, do that, yeah. didn't was Newsom saying I'm going to fly over those people anyway? What did or did everybody fall in line because it was federal? It was a federal law from. Mm-hmm. The, did it, I'll t- if you go back and you look at it, there was a lot of complaining, there was a lot of debating, but everybody fell in line. Nobody said, I'm seceding because I don't like the way that you're banning this religious group. It's like people 
do this thing where they pick and choose what they want to be affiliated with or outraged about. But this whole like state thing that people get all hopped up about, it's only when it's in their favor. It's never when it's not in their favor. And that to me is like the biggest form of disingenuous uh, approach to the way that you would argue that ever. Right. Lori, you got to stop giving me questions that make me mad. (laughs) <laughs> this was the filtered version. Oh, Are you correct. lucky I read the text line? Yeah, yeah, and you know, here's the thing. It says, correct me if I'm wrong, but Texas has tried to secede from America more than any other state. They have. It doesn't work. And also, you got to think about it like this. They say they have their own grid that's supported by what? American water. Do you know what I'm saying? They yeah. say, oh, well, we have our own electrical grid that's supported by whom? Oh, agriculture. You name it. I mean, he can try. It's not going to go very well. I just think it's weird that people are so hopped up on that. Speaking of being hopped up, John Curley's coming in a couple of few to talk about uh, diversity and inclusion, because we talked about it a couple days ago. Somebody said, why don't you have somebody who disagrees with you on? So I thought, let's get John on to talk about DEI and the fact that some guy is leaving the Biden administration. And also, your rights are being protected by Ring Doorbell. Find out why when we get back right after this.